Did we think that we were going to wake up one day and the world would be perfect and we would have world peace? No, we are the people that chose to come into this lifetime to be a part of this big change and to be those people that peel back the layers. And we're going to be the people that are going to be like in the situations that really suck, that are unfair. But then it's our responsibility to open up that throat chakra and find our voice and speak our truth Mm. and be brave enough to do so, because as we do it, we inspire others to do the same. Hello, and welcome to the Unlearning Podcast, a show about unlearning self-limiting beliefs, coping with anxiety, and healing through self-love. I'm Jenna Slaughter, self-love coach, recovered people pleaser, and mental health enthusiast. And every other week, I'm going to bring you a topic or guest that is going to help you reshape how you experience the world, unlearn the ways you've been playing small, and send love to the places that need it the most. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I have Christina Medina here. She is somebody that was in a mastermind with me, and we started a conversation about unlearning world apathy and how, while it is so easy for us to get bogged down in all of the breaking down of structures and everything that we need to do to manifest a world that we want, that it is absolutely integral for us to keep making these small actions. So I wanted to uh, take a quick second so Christina can introduce herself. Christina, tell the unlearning friends about yourself. Hi, unlearning friends. Um, I too have had a lot of unlearning throughout my life. It's an incredible journey. I don't think it will ever stop. Um, But really at the root of everything that I do, you know, I wear many hats, but at the root of everything that I do, my message is about um, loving and fully embracing yourself and aligning yourself with those feelings of deserving. I believe that manifestation is not like little journal exercises and things like that. I, I believe that it is truly a lifestyle. And as you step into those feelings of deserving, everything starts to shift and change for you. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that at the root of everything, I just want to help people unlearn the things that block them from believing and understanding and embracing that they're an amazing soul that came to this world to do incredible things. That's beautiful. I'm excited for our conversation. We we kind of went back and forth with like, here's this, here's this uh, subject. Here is it with no woo and here is it with all the woo and energetics. And yeah. so I'm pretty excited for y'all to hear it. It is very good. <laughs> I love it when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. As soon as you're born, the programs start happening and then you take the journey inward to figure out who you really are in this life. Mm -hmm. And that's the journey of self-love as well, as well, waking up to that. Yes. And I mean, I could, I could de-woo that very quickly and easily by associating it with what's going on in our brain and neurochemically and biologically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like we're talking about, and and so like you, it's, it's beautiful because I'm seeing exactly the way that we have two flavors of the same path. You're in a much more energetic and manifestation type of vibe. And I do that personally in my own practices, Mm -hmm. but my coaching is very much so woo free. 
because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to take you through what is going on in the brain, like mm-hmm. re-engaging our prefrontal cortex, where the fear center is coming from in the amygdala. Oh, hey, did I tell you that our sense of oneness is in the parietal lobe? And we've found that there's actual, <laughs> yeah. like, if we put an fMRI on and we can watch the, the, the light-ups go, um, we see an increase and decrease of mm-hmm. the um, activity in those centers. Um, our anterior cellulite cortex is where our intuition lives. If we were, we watch people do this in real time and they have yeah. these intuitive hits, we can see this happen. Exactly. So as much as you're talking about, you know, sur- like surrendering and, and connecting with our inner guide from a like 5D standpoint, it is still very, very real in the 3D as well. And I think that's why so many like people of various age ranges are more in tune with this messaging because the science backs up the spiritual now and we're able to actually see it, record it. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's visible proof now. Yeah. It's, it's physical proof where before, you know, these um, Eastern philosophies carried over, but there was nothing really um, tying the physical with the spiritual. But now we're in a time where that is available to us. It's aligned. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I first started off, too, I started off very much so with thinking about this. I have several friends that are um, therapists of various kinds. And so we, when I first started, I was very focused on the subconscious mind. I wanted to reprogram the thinking that I had accumulated and, um, what shaped my initial like childhood, my childhood and how it shaped my adulthood. And I started to recognize the patterns of the thinking that I had. So when I started off, I started off on the very scientific aspect of it, you know, using, um, uh, hypnotherapy and just different things like that, that would rewire the, why am I losing the name? What is the name? The neuropathways, the neuroplasticity. And so I was very focused on that thinking. And then, but I was also this very spiritual person, like as an empath and a highly sensitive person, that was always something that I was in. That's just like, just as you are, but it's interesting because we're, we're different ages. Like we're from different generations. And when I first started off, that was very secret to me. So I can be very like private about my spirituality, but then I think as time went on, I just evolved into this and this started to feel more in alignment with my messaging. So I very much so appreciate all the scientific aspects of it because that's what brought me into this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I may not have been so open to it because I had a true, like I had true pushback against anything that felt too much like religion. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of pushback because there's, I mean, there's so much religious trauma. The religion mm-hmm. has been used to do absolutely atrocious things oh, in our history yeah. and still today. I mean, yeah. look at the anti-trans legislation that's going through right now. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. And yeah. there's there's a very valid resistance to mm-hmm. God and that external, this like judgment and like. I, that's so terrible. As a child, I was like. God does not judge you. <laughs> like I would tell people that like, that doesn't even make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like if God is love, then why is God judging you and punishing you? It 
never made sense to me as a child. I would get in so much trouble going to church because I was always challenging these ideas. (laughs) It was that fire in me. There's a problem when God is external, God is is judgmental, and what happens to you is a direct cause of your actions, your thoughts, and desires. Um, Because when things happen like kids having cancer, um, how do you explain that? It's hard to explain that one. Yeah. Um, Then, I mean, also... For me personally, I had a really hard time when my dad died, when I was like five days after my ninth birthday in my front yard of our house, like, and turns out like I have a hereditary blood disorder in my family that Mm -hmm. um, there's a 50-50% chance I have, and there's really not a cure to it, and if they try to mess with it, it could just get worse, Mm -hmm. and it was really hard for me to justify another way so instead I took on like this belief that somehow I was just like fucked up or broken or like deserved it in some way um and it fueled I mean that among many other things but fueled my depression and all that kind of stuff and so my my the way that I started in this work was out of trying to figure out how to be fucking happy Mm-hmm. because I was like, I, I, after I had decided that I wasn't going to kill myself after, you know, many, many nights of contemplating, yeah. I was like, okay, fuck it. Fine. You're not going to go through with it. Okay. Whatever. I see it. But then like, what are you going to try? And so that was when I was like, I need to figure out how, how are people happy? Because it's not necessarily money. Cause I've it's seen, <laughs> I, I see, I see rich, absolutely miserable people. Yeah. And it's, it, it didn't seem to be any one thing that I could put my finger on. And so I just started reading <laughs> and I yeah. started reading. And then I was like, okay, I'm trying to grapple with my dad's death. So then yeah. there was also like, that's kind of what got me into like learning about quantum mechanics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, the, the studies that are done that just show that like energy is real and that mm-hmm. like our thoughts and feelings do matter and that we do have influence over them. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I ended up like walking my way into spirituality was when it was like, oh, all of this whole like I only believe in what I can see and touch is also a belief. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, exactly. And then all of a sudden it's it's like, oh wow, and it's a it's a slippery slope from there to to soul contracts and <laughs> <laughs> So this is slippery slope. Uh-oh. It is a slippery slope. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't know that about your father and, um, I too lost my father when I was younger. Um, so I understand it was very sudden, but it was involving gun. So it was, yeah. And he was actually murdered. So it was, it's not something that there's a lot of things about my life that many people don't know because there've been, there's been so much trauma over and over and over again, and also highly sensitive and an empath, my memories of childhood were not positive for me. Um, And I picked up a lot of thinking. I was surrounded by um, family that basically had PTSD because all of the men in our family, the elders had all served in the military and were in wars. And so they came back 
They had substance problems, things like that. There was a lot of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional and verbal abuse. And so that was just, you know, that stuff passes down through generations. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I, I also struggled with feelings of just like, why am I even alive? Like, what is, where is, what is the meaning? I felt fucked up too. I felt Mm -hmm. seriously fucked up. And I, I got myself over and over again into fucked up relationships, whether it be with a friend or a romantic relationship, because I learned fucked up relationships from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. I remember thinking that love had to be painful, like, painful. I thought it had to be physically painful as well, as well as emotionally painful. Mm -hmm. I thought that's deep. Relationships are just hard. You know, love is hard. Love is hard. Right. It's complicated. It's work. I heard that so much. Relationships are work, but it's work if you're not in the right kind of relationship, or maybe you are in the right kind of relationship that's going to teach you what it is to open up and and speak and be able to articulate your feelings, you know, and share with that other person and that other person can do the same, but Mm -hmm. you know, it can turn into codependency if it's, if you're not careful about it. And so this is the, this is the program that I picked up, you know? And so I feel for you because those are really difficult times, but if you choose to accept it, it can be, very powerful. You know, the healing journey can be very powerful. And then you can be someone who helps guide others, which I feel like is incredible work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The thing that was coming up for me is that we, before we're like seven years old, that we're just in this like little, little alpha state, we're just these little sponges in the world. And, um, Sponges pick up clean water as quick as they do dirty water. And so when we take that in, we also, as humans, we only, uh, we only have our experience. We only have our brain. And so our little egos are like, oh, that's normal. Like whatever it is that we experience checks the normal box Mm -hmm. until somebody says, that's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Until you have that awakening, like, wait a minute. Other families do things differently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, like you, had picked up this this programming and I got myself into a lot of really roller coaster e unhealthy relationships because of it, mm-hmm. because I just thought that that was part of what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, volatile dudes and trying to, like, you know, be the one person that they aren't volatile with. You oh know. my God. Totally. Oh if, God. If they love me. If they could just see how much I love them. Yeah. Then- you know, it's almost oh, like, it's almost like I was playing out issues with my dad, like drinking and like yeah. drinking so much and trying to be like, no, love me more than you want to drink. please. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Worthiness and deserving. Yeah. Right there. 100%. I'm like, wow looking back. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, um, to actually what we, what I wanted to talk with us about from the mastermind. And, um, so for, for background, y'all, uh, Christina and I are in a mastermind with, uh, Lauren 
actually, I did an episode with Lauren on the Unlearning podcast. I think she was like my third episode or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So go check that out. She's amazing. And um, we got into a conversation in our last meeting about uh, world apathy and how while it is complete, like there's a lot to be pissed off about. There's a Mm -hmm. lot to be upset about there. I mean, our world was colonized. I mean, everything is racist. Um, Everything. It's crazy because it's like layer upon layer. We're just pulling away layers of the racism. And so like, we need to burn the whole fucking thing to the ground and rebuild. I'm like you, I'm like, it's like, you know, there's, um, there's a Hindu God, Shiva, that is the, like, well, it's getting tongue tied here, but it's all about like burning everything down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think about that and I think about farmers when they burn the fields down. So the soil gets enriched. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are in a metaphorical burning down of things that I think will last for a while as we start to peel away stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot that's fucking going on right now. And there's a lot of really valid reasons to be upset because we've got COVID. We've got the fact that it is still ravaging through some countries while others, the U S is acting as though like everything's all, all done and hunky dory. But on the same time, and the reason why we're here is that we underestimate because of how massive this is and how massive everything is and how much there is to rebuild and create new structures, that little actions are the things that make the big change. Like the, the mass, the massiveness of it stops people from wanting to do anything. Right. It's overwhelming. It's completely overwhelming, but there is power in each of us individually. Exactly. We said the, the little ripple. The, the one little ripple, the ripple effect, I guess. It's like yeah. small actions have big impacts. Yeah. I mean, if I, if we think about, if you go to the coffee shop and you, because we, we feel energy and we, if you hooked up an, an fMRI, like again, with the little beep, 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 light up guys, um, the emotions that are the most intoxicating for people is enthusiasm and joy and gratitude. So when we embody these things, we can brighten up other people's day just by fucking existing. A. B, if this shit is thrown at us, we have more bandwidth to deal with it and not get like bogged down into the amygdala fear center. Um, so we brighten up the, the uh, barista's day and they go in turn, they feel better and they affect their coworkers. Mm-hmm. When they go home, they affect their partners and their partners then, you know, affect who they're working with. Like it's a whole fucking web. Mm-hmm. And what we do matters not just internally, but externally to the people around us. We can, we can make a difference person by person, heart by heart, mind by mind, we can. And on an energetic level, um, 
we often forget that we have the ability to co-create a situation. We are all, it's not that we have the ability, we are always co-creating with other people's energy, with the energy of the universe, with the energy of a room, etc. You're always co-creating, you are always sharing energy, but people um, will lose sight of that and they will co-create more of that same energy. So we are very powerful in how we can affect and shift the energy of a space or a conversation. And so I think that is being mindful and intentional living as well, because the more that we, and I, I believe energetically, we are at a higher vibration than we realize. It's just the other shit just sticks to us, the programs, and that it lowers or seemingly lowers our vibration because we then forget that we have this innate ability and we are always co-creating. So energetically speaking, so bringing it to that front, um, before any situation, before a conversation, you can intend to be in a place of understanding, of coming to, I guess, just clarity and finding a place of understanding any situation. And you do have the ability to generate that energy from yourself and share that energy. And that is attractive because it's where we're supposed to be. That's who we really are. I don't want to say where we're supposed to be. We are there. It's the obstacles that are in front of us that keep us from seeing that we are already there. Mm. So the Rumi quote, you must seek and find all this, all the obstacles you have built. I'm misquoting it, but, um, you must seek and find all the obstacles that you have built against receiving love. That's paraphrasing that uh, that quote, but it's really not about finding love or finding whatever. It's just finding what's blocking you from receiving it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like all the things that are happening in the world that seem bad, they, they also just, just like the seemingly bad, they also have the other side of the coin. If this is growth and this is opportunity and we're setting a a change, a new pattern for future generations. Like we're part of something that feels unfair and unjust right now. And we're seeing that and we're peeling all those layers off of like, well, this is fucked up too. And this is wrong too. And this is wrong too. But this is what we need to be doing. Because did we think that we were going to wake up one day and the world would be perfect and we would have world peace? No, we are the people that chose to come into this lifetime to be a part of this big change and to be those people that peel back the layers. And we're going to be the people that are going to be like in the situations that really suck, that are unfair. But then it's our responsibility to open up that throat chakra and find our voice and speak our truth Mm. and be brave enough to do so, because as we do it, we inspire others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's so much that I'm like, I have like 900 things that I like love about what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. 900 is a good number. (laughs) But I think ultimately is the the thing here that I hope to be a take the takeaway for, for the listeners is that the world needs your voice. Mm-hmm. The world needs your song. The world needs you to show up fully and anything that is blocking you from giving and receiving love is something to pay attention to something to help debunk and release and heal. 
And that when you do show up authentically and you blaze the trail, you make it easier for other people to rise up behind you. And that is work worth doing. Absolutely. Because that is how we create a new world is we have to start with ourselves to birth the world that we want. Anybody that is in business right now and is working for themselves and creating a, a heart forward, like abundant and supported business that actually helps people that doesn't just like generate soulless money. Mm -hmm. Anybody that is doing that is helping rise the new paradigm of business. We are birthing a new world where people matter first, not toxic productivity, not all of these structures that have been made to subjugate certain humans at the benefit of others. Like we need to start with ourselves. Yes. And when you do, it has a ripple effect. It matters. I want to say two things on that. You said something about the businesses. If you happen to be a business owner who is not uh, working with that intention and you're listening to this, which I don't know if that would be the case, but those businesses have a real opportunity to pivot and start getting to what is what really matters. And that's people and connection. And as a consumer, we should be supporting the businesses that are following this um, intention, that are living in alignment with this intention. We have opportunity to influence these other businesses. I really do think that there are going to be big changes in these larger businesses and the way they're thinking as people, new life comes into that and starts shifting the thinking. And because we need them on board too. Mm -hmm. We need them on board. And this is how the whole entire paradigm shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want to say on that also is when you're showing up, you are showing up because you are fully embracing who you are. You're not just showing up. You have taken an opportunity to go within, figure out you got shit, you've got stuff, whatever, but you love and embrace yourself regardless. And you're not afraid to be in alignment, to step into that human that you are and speak your truth and embrace who you truly are. That's how you, that's how you show up and make change and, and cause that ripple effect that creates even greater change and shifts the whole damn paradigm. That's how that, that's how you participate in it and then see where that journey takes you. I love this conversation. Thank you. Me too. Me too. I feel like that's probably a good good spot to end. That is. Powerful ending. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Unlearning Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, the biggest compliment that you can give is to rate and review on whatever platform you're using. You can find information for one-on-one coaching, full show notes, and tools at my website links below. Until next time, keep on learning.